Well, I hope it's okay. I'm going to sit in comfier chair this morning, not the whole time. Um, again, since it's Mother's Day, um, my mom is an absolute gem, and uh, my wife is out of town. Her, one of her best friends is getting married in a few months, and so they had their weekend getaway. Obviously, not very many of them. I think she's the only mom, so I, I think they were, she was the only one who sort of realized that like, maybe Mother's Day isn't the greatest um, weekend to do this. But um, anyways, my mom is such a gem and decided to come down um, and help me take care of Gideon. Because, again, Sunday's the only day I work as a pastor. So um, as a joke, come on, laugh. It's a, it's a little funny, guys. And uh, so she was so kind to come down and help me this weekend. And, again, this is my mom, Jeannie. And I would like to go ahead and, and dispel any rumors. I did not pay a beautiful actress to be here to do this. This really is my mom. So um, I know, right? We can clap that. I don't know how my dad did it. I don't know if he found you, like... I were you in your right mind when you met Dad? I was not. So I, I figure not. Am I on? You're on. You, you got to hold up a little closer. There oh, you go. I don't like this. Um, it's okay. So here's the thing. Everyone, everyone. This is not my thing. It, it's all good. My mom is definitely the, the help. She loves to help people. Um, she is the type who's like, uh, friends used to joke when they would come to our house that if, if we would share a ride in college and my friend Frank had like a 45-minute drive to go home. He would eat dinner with us, and then mom would send him with like 12 peanut butter and jellies, a half dozen cookies, and like, you know, a couple of jugs of water. Like, she was prepping him for like a apocalyptic like experience, and it was a longer... But that's just because she loves know. to love on people. It's wonderful. So I asked if she would let me sort of interview her. You know, I, I, I know that the shelf life of me being the pastor here, I'm probably bound to step on enough toes eventually. And so I'm trying out some other things. So I'm really thinking I could have sort of a Dr. Phil meets Jimmy Fallon-esque show someday. So this is also me fleshing this out. Um, but no, I asked her because it's Mother's Day, would she share some funny stories? Would she uh, maybe give a word of encouragement to mothers who are in there? But let me start with a with just a you know an alley-oop type question that should be like a no-brainer. Um, you know, you have three boys. Uh, which one is your favorite? Yes. I, yes. Yes. I'll I let all of boys. you guys decide who that is. Mm-hmm. It's definitely me. But no, so definitely, uh, here's some great pictures. This is our family growing up. Uh, Matt is the one sitting on my mom's lap. JJ uh, is the one eating his hand. Uh, and then I'm the, the cute one there. Uh, as you can see again, I get my good looks from my mom, but my facial hair from my dad. Um, and just so you know, that was the style then. I mean, this yeah. was, looking back, it kind of looks... Silly, but... Heck no. We were kind of cool. Heck yes! You still are a cool kinda, mom. You kinda. still are a cool mom. I think I'm um, a cool mom. Okay, so first first legitimate question, mom. Um, we're in this series right now, if, if y'all didn't know, called Messy. And we're talking about how life is messy. Life isn't just all like rainbows and cupcakes. That You know, the pictures that we see on Facebook and Instagram, those are like, you took 5,000 different takes before you got that picture. Don't y'all lie. And we want, to pro- we want to project perfection. We oftentimes idealize in our mind what things are going to look like. And life usually is a lot messier than that. Um, Mom, I know you had such easy sons. That's sarcasm. Um, yep. I mean, we were walking messes. Were there ever times where um, maybe you had in your mind like something was going to go more perfectly than you thought, and maybe it didn't? Well, I... When I first became a mom, I decided that I was never going to go in public or let my children go in public with messy, dirty faces, that kind of thing. Well, it was shortly thereafter I decided that was not important or it was not to be achieved. I'm not sure which. 
And so I just gave up and then I embraced it. So those perfect pictures that everybody else strives for, no. I went just the opposite and decided I was going to embrace and, I guess, journal everything. So I did. I just took those things. Now let's clarify real quick. Uh, maybe we'll take an audience poll real quick. How many of you guys think this is, this is uh, something other than mud? Let's see hands. Anyone? How many of you guys think it's mud? It's, it's mud. All right. Church picnic, right? We were at a church picnic, yes. And um, he found his way to the creek, and that was the result. Mm. I mean, it's not that we weren't watching him, but we did have two other children yes. that looked just like him. So we thought if it, you know, <laughs> it was okay if, it, you know, something happened. I've but, always had great legs. Yeah. Uh, or, or soft church softball. Church softball games. We just we and and there is that is Mountain Dew in the bottle, not anything else. Now, was that? It looks we, yellow. Have we purchased but, that bottle? Um, what? Like, like was that a bottle that we had purchased, or like had I found that? Well, and we just you probably Mountain had Dew? found it. We it's didn't care good. what you picked up. I'm just no. asking. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. Maybe yeah, that. I think you probably picked it up. Um, do you remember my? Uh, well, this was an infamous day with the sprinkler, right? Right, uh, right. Very much fashion forward. Yes, um, yes. Those are George. Do you remember my first choir concert and my only choir concert? Yeah, I do. What, what do you remember about we, that? We, Aaron was so happy to be in choir. We forced him to do that because his brothers all did something musical. We wanted him to do one year of music of some sort. To be fair, to interject, I was in a uh, band in sixth grade for a semester. There were 30 of us who played the trumpet. I was the 29th chair by the end. I think you were the 30th. Uh, n- no. <laughs> Dirk Conendike and his okay. family, they returned their uh, trumpet to the music store uh-huh. before they lost their, like, payback policy. Uh-huh. So actually the only person behind me didn't have a trumpet for, like, half the semester. Okay. Right. And when Mr. Ayers, the band teacher, when I told him that I was going to quit, he said that's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing like crushing the spirit of a sixth grader. But go on. Tell them more but, about this. But then... We crushed that spirit by making him join choir. And um, this was, I made him pose for the picture. Mm. It was the only one, so yeah. we forced that. So. Do you remember? Beautiful. What, do you remember when they, uh, it was a Christmas concert, mind you. Do you remember when they made us, in fact, I stood by you, and I remember you were like, you got to the point where you were like both mad at me, but you were also laughing uncontrollably. When they made us all go into like the crowd, and we were supposed to sing Christmas carols, and I was just like, I was not. Well, I was, it was not a proud it. mom moment. I'm it sure. It was very much a yeah. proud mom moment. Okay, yeah. speaking of proud mom moments, picture day is always a fun thing for for school, right? Yeah. Um, I always did really well with picture day, right? Yeah. Every year, um, from middle school on, <laughs> we um, we would go for picture day, and the next or month later, when they did retakes, we were there again. But I, I think I was really just trying to find my smile. It was hard, okay? Yep. Well, I, being the wonderful, thoughtful mom I am, decided because I worked for the school, I could cut those this pictures is my, out. This is my favorite. <laughs> because I knew one of these days these would come in handy. Yes. Right? Right. Yes. So my, my mom, she's retiring at the end of this year, has, has worked in our school systems as a uh, world's best uh, elementary school secretary. Hands down. So she had insider information to be able to keep some of these reject photos that most parents don't yet. Um, but I, you know, why wouldn't fair, you want my, to? My dog didn't get hit by a car right before this photo or anything like this. I, 
here's, here's what I usually think would happen. I would bring them home, and Lord knows why I looked the way I looked. Um, you know, some people have awkward phases. Some people have awkward kind of childhood. I had sort of the, the long period. Um, but I feel like we would get a photo like this, and you'd be like, smile. And then we'd get, like, results like this. And it's just like, who knows why, why these sort of things happen, I guess. I don't know. Because, Let's... I don't know, middle school. Mm. And then they just, they got a little better, a Over little time. better through high school. Yeah. And then they did get really good at the end. Over time, things get better, okay? Yeah. So last question, Mom, on a more serious note, and then I will, I'll relieve you of your duties. Um, you know, there's tons of moms here. You, you, you are in the place where you've kind of mommed through all the seasons, the um, young little kids at home, you know, the infant baby stage, the toddler phase, the elementary phase, the the weird middle school phase, the high school phase, the college age phase. Um, you know, now you're grandmoming and you're like the world's best nana. Seriously, get in like stinking loves you. All of them do, really. Um, although you also always happen to have treats around you. Uh, so that's helpful. Um, but what would be a word of encouragement today to um, moms who are in the trenches, who are like ready to throttle their children? We're trying to, we're trying to avoid anyone going to, uh, you know, CPS showing up their house for them, like just... What would you give? What sort of word of advice would you give them, or word of wisdom? Oh, I don't have any answers, and I don't have any advice. Um, I just think that you do the best you can. You um, always, always include Jesus because that is the only thing that probably got me through. Well, I know it is. Um, I think that you just do the best you can and embrace this time because before you know, it's over, and you just—I don't know—it's. It's kind of sad, but it's over, and then you go on to the next phase, and it's wonderful. So, Awesome. Hey, will you guys give my mom a hand? Thank you so much, Mom. I love you. You can, you can exit however you want. All righty. Guys, seriously, you, you don't understand. My um, So when we're talking about fun, different things to do on Mother's Day, um, Angie, who's our awesome administrative assistant, she was talking about, like, isn't your mom going to be here? This would be kind of fun. What if we did something with her? And I'm like, I don't think you realize. Like, she doesn't, she doesn't do the stage thing. But, Mom, you lied. Like, you did awesome. And uh, thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed uh, getting to experience some of the awkwardness of my childhood. Um, but, but for real, one of the things that I always have appreciated about my mom is, is her patience when things didn't go well. Um, while, 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 while her other sons made um, the one dean's list, her youngest favorite son made the other dean's list where you still get to see the dean. It's just under different experiences or, or while other of her sons at times, um, you know, were, were enjoying summer. The other one had to do summer school and there was always the graciousness of embracing. I know most of you guys are like, why did we hire you again? I don't know. Can't take me back now. Um, but I've always appreciated the idea that my mom, I think, really valued what we're talking about this morning, um, that being present was more important than trying to be perfect, that, 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 that being present and engaging each moment was far more important than trying to look perfect, trying to make your children perfect, trying to, trying to emulate yourself as perfect. And I believe that's the way of Jesus. This morning we are continuing in this series called Messy. And, uh, and what I want to talk about is I want to talk about this reality that we do live in a, in a culture that wants everything to look perfect, right? We, we're the culture that wants to have five-year plans. 
We want to have everything, you know, marked out so we know uh, early on in life, it's like, okay, I'm going to go to, to, to college or trade school. I'm going to get this job. And then that many years after, once we get to a certain point, then we'll get married. And then after a certain point, we'll buy a house. And we, we want to have everything perfect, right? We want to make sure that, that when we take our, our, our baby announcement photos, that everything is perfect. We want to feel like when people come over to our house, everything looks perfect, right? And yet we know every single household, for the most part, uh, has that moment where when you find out companies coming over, it's battle stations, right? Like you're making your house look nothing like it normally looks like when you're just at home by yourself, right? That happens, right? It's the, there can be conflict going on in our households, in our places, even on the way to church. But as soon as we get here, it's got to turn it on so it's perfect, right? And I don't think that that's what Jesus desires for us. I don't think he desires a a fake, phony perception. And to be honest, I'm just going to let you guys know something up front. The perfect you, the perfect family, the perfect everything, it doesn't exist what you've created in your mind. It's not real. It's not attainable. It is this thing that you will chase forever. It's kind of like, you know, in Peter Pan or in Hook, how, how, how he's constantly trying to catch his shadow. It's like that. It's this thing that you cannot catch. There's this book that gave a little bit of the inspiration to uh, the message this morning by uh, an author slash writer named Shauna Nyquist. And she says this. The title of her book is Present Over Perfect. She says this. Present Over Perfect is about rejecting the myth that every day is a new opportunity to prove our worth and about the truth that our worth is inherent, given by God, not earned by our hustling. That's a tough truth to swallow, right? Because I, I, I think if I, in some ways, I wish that I could earn it. I wish that I could do enough things. I wish that I could get my life in, in a great enough order that it would be there. And the reality is, is that, that, that when we become in the presence of a perfect God, that's when we can experience more perfection. We can't do it on our own. So it's both incredibly frustrating and different to the way that we're wired but also incredibly freeing, right? You know, I kind of mentioned this to moms earlier and to ladies in general, but but again, if you miss anything else this morning, I, I want you to hear this, is that your worth and value isn't in any sort of title, relationship, or productivity. It is in Jesus. There's not, an, there's not enough things you can do. There's not enough success you can have. Uh, there's not enough status. There's not enough money. There's none of those things that can get to a place that's going to truly give you worth in value that is lasting. That it's only found in a relationship with Jesus. That, you know what, you could have the picture-perfect white picket fence house in the exact right neighborhood. You could have the perfect job and climb the ladder. You could do all the right things. But at the end of the day, if you miss Jesus, you will miss everything. And the only way that you truly experience Him is in relationship with Him in His presence. There's a story in the Gospel of Luke, if you have a Bible that you can open up to. Uh, It's in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10. And uh, to set up this story, uh, Jesus spent time with this one family in particular a lot. Um, And and there was two sisters in this family named Mary and Martha. And this was sort of a house, a place of refuge for Jesus and his disciples during their ministry. And so uh, in this story, it, it goes like this. It says, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, they came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he's had to say. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. 
she came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, Jesus answered. You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Now, I truly believe that, that, that each of us have a natural bent. Some of us are Marys, and some of us are Marthas. In my household, I am very much a Mary. Uh, I, I can walk into our house and not see mess or clutter. Like, I have a spiritual gift, I think, to not see the different things. At least I think that's what my wife Hunter thinks. Um, you know, there can be times where we've put, put the kid to bed, and uh, we're relaxing, and I, I'm thinking, like, we're, it's time to just sit and relax and enjoy. And she's like, our house is so messy. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, there's not, I put away the toys. The dishes are at least hidden in the, in the dishwasher. I haven't started it yet, but it's, it's there. And, and, you know, she can rattle those things off. She sees, well, this thing is not hung up, or this thing is put in away. And the laundry that you can't see in the basement is there. There are different types of people, right? The Marthas of the world, are, 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 they're more detail-oriented. They're more uh, bent towards getting things done. And there's nothing wrong with if you're a Mary or a Martha. Both have their um, blessings and their curses. But in this story, it's interesting because you have Martha who is so deeply concerned about taking care of everything, right? She's the one that, 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 that she probably had the gift of hospitality. She's the one that's seeing, oh, no, we have a, you know, visitors now. And not only that, it, you know, at this point, I don't know if she knows for sure he's the savior of the world, but she's probably got a pretty good idea. So we've got to you know, roll out the best stuff. And she's so concerned about getting everything done. And her sister Mary is just sitting there, and she's enjoying the presence of Jesus. She's enjoying hearing him talk. She's enjoying just his friendship. And the truth is, is that life tells us to be Martha's. It tells us to just keep going, 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 going. Now hear me this morning. I'm not talking about, like, don't become lazy bums. Don't become people who just let, like, everything fall apart in your life. But most of us choose to continue to fill our lives with more things. We, we fill our lives. We, we are oftentimes more likely to care about getting certain things done so people who don't really uh, have a great relationship with us care more. I mean, think about it. There are times where we work incredibly hard to impress people that at the end of the day, we don't really have deep relationship with and their opinions don't matter, right? And oftentimes when we do that, it's at the expense of family, of friends, and also our relationship with Jesus. You know, there are many of us that I talk to, and I'll include myself in this, that that this can happen during certain seasons and times where we say, I just don't have enough time to, to, to have a quiet time. You know, I don't know if that's really true. You know, if you look at your priorities, the way you spend your time in life, you typically can see where where the things in, in, in your life that matter most. And again, I'm not saying that we can just stop working. And that work is, is important. It gives us opportunity to interact with people. It, it blesses and provides for our families. But oftentimes I wonder if we have a natural bent to work too hard. I think sometimes we live in a culture that says, if you're a really good parent, if you really love your children, you're going to work so much overtime so that way you can take your kids on a one-week vacation to Disney World. You might even go into debt for it. 
We say if you, if you work hard enough, you're going to work so hard so that way you can put your kid through college. And that's great, and they're probably incredibly blessed to not have debt out of college, but sometimes maybe they don't even have a relationship with the parents who paid for it. This morning, my message is, is just simple. Be present in every relationship that God has given you. Because if we continue to look towards perfection, that's a straw man that we can never live up to. That you can never get to a place. I mean, most of us could probably resonate with this. If you stayed at work until all the work was done, you may never come home. Right? And while some of those things are are needed, we miss out on things. You know, as my mom was talking about, you know, embrace every moment. They don't last forever. You know, someone told me a few years ago when when Gideon was first born um, that the days are long, but the years are short. And, you know, we usually just talk about that when little kids are at home, but it's the reality that that's life. That's life. It goes by so quick. And we don't get a do-over on life. We get one life. And the big question is, what are we going to do with it? What does it look like to just be present? And, and, I, and I think more of us need to choose to be more like Mary, to sometimes say, you know what, some things are going to be okay. It's going to be okay if my lawn's not mowed just yet. It's going to be okay if maybe a project has to wait till the next day. It's going to be okay if I have to say I'm not going golfing with the buddies. It's going to be okay if I say, you know what, I'm not going to work out the, tonight because I need extra time with my husband. Those things are okay. Because, again, at the end of the day, it's about presence, not perfection. Because I think we even buy into the lies that we think that we have this perfected state that our loved ones have for us, right? I'm guilty of this. Like, who I think that my wife desires as a husband, one, isn't really who she desires. And two, is one that in my own imagination that I've created, I could never live up to. I mean, for one, I think that God creates some people with the ability to have a six-pack and some of us who have kind of a six-pack cover. And I'll let you guess which one I am. You know, as much as I wish I was sometimes just naturally patient in every situation, I'm not. And I'm slowly trying to get better, but that's okay. You know what I found? Most of the people in our lives who deeply love us, they just want to be with us. That's it. You know, on a day like Mother's Day, not to bring up maybe memories that aren't as pleasant, but most of us who are sitting here today thinking about moms that have passed or grandmothers... We don't look back, I don't think, and we say, man, I wish they were still around so they could clean my room. Or I wish they were, I mean, maybe we wish they'd make us a certain dish they made. But I think we would just say, man, what I would give to just have an afternoon to just spend time with them. I don't have to do anything. Just be with them. Friends, let me tell you this uh, truth that hopefully is very freeing to you and maybe annoying too. Uh, you cannot be perfect. You can't be perfect. Only Jesus can and is perfect but you can be in his presence you know it's interesting studies actually show that um, the five people you spend the most time with typically are the people you're the most alike they're the people who influence you in your life the most and if you desire to be a follower of jesus here's a big question how much time are you spending with jesus because if we're called to be mirrors and reflections of him 
It's really difficult to become more like Jesus if you don't spend time with Jesus. And it's not that difficult. Carve out special time. Make time. Learn to foster a life of prayer where when you're driving, when you're just doing monotonous things that you don't have to be deeply thinking about, you begin to just acknowledge His presence. Because the truth is, Jesus is already there. God is all around you. He never leaves you. He never forsakes you. But I think there's a big difference between when someone is physically there and when someone's really there, right? You know, these, these things make it difficult, right? In our house, a lot of times we, we try to, to maybe put it in another room because there can be time where we're spending time as a family, but we're not really there. Anyone else ever feel that way? You know, you ever go out to dinner and you finally all get there and the natural bent is everyone just to like, oh, let's jump on our phone. Or like you get a group of people like, man, I can't wait to hang out with everyone. We're having so much fun, right? Simple stuff like that that we begin to wane away the, the option of distractions and we just engage into the presence. In 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 12, uh, 8 through 10, um, Paul is, is talking about this idea of, of that he has something that's going on in his life. He has this sin, he has this thing that he feels is holding him back from truly attaining perfection and in, in, in just becoming uh, fully who God created him to be uh, without sin, without some of those things. And, and, and he, it says that three times he pleaded with the Lord to take away this thing. We have no idea what it can be. could be. People have all sorts of speculations about what it is. But these are the words of Jesus that he said that Jesus said to Paul. He says, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. That's so different than our culture, isn't it? My power is made perfect in weakness. And then these are the words of Paul. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness, so that Christ's power may rest in me. That is why for Christ's sake. I delight in weakness, in insults, in hardships, in persecution, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I love that. To me, that's such a beautiful freeing thing. Because it reminds us that that, that, that any power that we have is not of our own, but it's found in Christ. Any shot that we have to measure up is found in Christ alone. And the beauty and the truth of that is that Paul, in a lot of ways, is straining towards this perfected state. And he comes to this realization that if he doesn't have something, if he could attain perfection without Jesus, then there's no need for Jesus, right? And the truth is, there's many people today who who, the reason why they never really want to acknowledge or be in relationship with Jesus is they don't want to acknowledge, they don't want to recognize the fact that they need a Savior. They've buried their value and their worth in their families and their businesses and their titles and their children. And here's the thing. All of those things have an opportunity to disappoint us, to pass away. But the love of Jesus, a relationship with Him, is the one thing that is eternal. In 1 John, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap up here. Some of you are like, come on, man, i got dinner reservations. In 1 John chapter 4, we find out something pretty important about who God is. It says, And so we know and rely on the love that God has for us. 
And this is, this is a proclamation that is made. God is love. God is love. Love has a name. It's, it's Jesus. It's, it's a personal thing. It's not an idea. It's not a concept. It is a person. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God, in God in them. So if you live in the love of God, God lives in you. His love lives in you. This is how God, this is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. This is so beautiful. There is no fear in love. Any distorted view of a God who, who, who is just super judgmental, who is constantly looking at you to measure up to something. Listen, let me just tell you right now, that is not the God that I serve. That is not the God who, who created the stars and the sky, who created this whole world, who parted the Red Seas, who, who sent his son Jesus to die on a cross for us and then rose again. Because there is no fear in love. But perfect love drives out fear because fear has nothing Fear has to do with punishment. And those who fear are not made perfect in love. And if we jump to 1 Peter chapter 4, 8, this ties the bow around all of this that I think is just beautiful. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sin. Did you catch that? You don't have to be perfect. That if you experience relationship with Jesus, that his perfect love resides in you. And that his perfect love, his presence, it covers a multitude of sin. Not just a couple. It's not like, oh, we can check this one off and that sin is good, but these ones over here aren't. His love covers a multitude of sin. So here's some good news. You can stop trying to live up to something that you never can live up to. You can stop believing in a God who only wants you if you're perfect and you're clean. Because the truth is, in the middle of our messy lives, Jesus runs to us. He doesn't run away from us, but he runs towards us and he embraces us because he deeply, deeply loves us. And any lie you've ever been told that you could never measure up, may that lie be cast out in the name of Jesus. Because you are his son, you are his daughter, created with with beautiful worth that was paid for by Jesus on the cross. And no one can take that away from you. There's nothing that you could do to earn that. There's nothing you could do to deserve that. But he gives it to us because he loves us. Guys, here's what's really cool, I think, is that love covers our mess. It covers our mess. That, that we can own it in the, in, in the presence of Jesus and he sees our mess. We don't have to be afraid of that and we don't have to have to, have to try to measure up and put all those things out so other people think we're perfect. But I think there's something really beautiful about if we can be open and honest with our friends, our neighbors, our family members, that, that our life is a mess, but in Jesus, that love covers over that. I heard a guy named Kerry Newhoff once say that, that people, they will admire our strengths, but they'll resonate with our weakness. So here's my challenge to you. In a culture that's so about putting forth strength, perfection, would you be willing and bold enough 
to not have to like put out crazy things on social media or looking for attention, but would you be willing to be start to be open and honest and vulnerable with the God of all the universe who already knows every thought, knows exactly where you're at, and just cry out to him? Would you be okay with living a life that points people to Jesus? And guess what? Our fake self stands in the way from people seeing the true Jesus. The Jesus who invites in the poor, the marginalized, the messy people of this world. We close with this quote from a guy named Rick Warren, who's a pastor out in California. He says this, God takes his perfection, mixes it with the blood of Jesus Christ, and paints his perfection over our imperfections. You are a masterpiece created in the image of God, deeply loved by him. Would you guys stand as I'm going to pray? And we're going to respond by by singing one more song. God, I just thank you for, God, the fact that we don't have to try to live a life of deep perfection. That God, while we believe in holiness, we believe in becoming more like you. We believe in being a set-apart people. That God, we we recognize that even as we, we journey towards holiness, that it's more like eating an elephant, that it's one bite at a time. And that, God, it's nothing that we could ever truly attain apart from you. That, God, we'll never get to a place where we don't need a Savior. And that's okay. So, God, I pray that we would just experience your presence. God, I pray that there there are people in this room this morning, God, who just feel like their life is a mess. And, God, they've never embraced your son Jesus in a loving, life-saving relationship. That they would know this morning that all they have to do is cry out and say, Lord, I'm messy. God, I'm sorry for the things that I've done. I'm sorry for the fact that I've, I've kept, kept you out of my life. And I just desire your presence. I desire your perfect love. God, we would celebrate that this morning as there would be those who would choose new life. Or God, maybe there are some that God, God, fear has crept into their life. And this morning, they just need to proclaim that that perfect love that cast out all fear. God, that, 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 that peace that you are that transcends all understanding, that it would just come into their lives. And that, God, this would be a homecoming for them. Or God, maybe just it's some of us, God, who, who deeply are walking with you, but God, we still have those times where, where we desire this perfected state of ourselves rather than what looks like you. God, I pray that you would just continue to rid ourselves of us and just fill us up with you. God, that we more and more would look like you and less like ourselves. God, that's our just biggest prayer. More of you and less of us. God, I thank you for your love. And I thank you for your mercy and grace. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.